Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with our newly minted relationship with Saint Corporate Training. After 18 months and hundreds of conversations with the leaders, innovators, and the movers and shakers in our city, two things have become abundantly clear. The future of work has arrived, and it always has been all about the people. So whether you're an individual looking to upskill or an organization looking to reskill an entire division, SAIT has the team, the curriculum, and more importantly, the advisors to partner with you to build what you need to adapt for the road ahead. Do yourself a favor and take the time to learn a little bit more. Check them out at www.sate.ca slash corporate training. And more importantly, give them a call, have a consultation, and find out what SAIT can do for you. Hello and a warm collisions. YYC welcome to Miss. Katie Sattler and Brigitte Ferguson. How are you, ladies? Good. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And yes, it's tricky when we've got, we don't always have two guests on the show. So, you know, we do have visual here so we can see each other. Um, but please feel free to jump in and talk over each other at all times. It makes for an exciting, exciting episode. Uh, I met you. You guys are officially the youngest uh, guests that I've had on the show. We're not going to get into age, but I'm just going to say that. You are both in grade 12. And I was introduced to you through a fellow podcaster and friend of mine, Jade Alberts, for this really cool platform that you guys created called Joy to Job. And I do want to call out um, your third partner in crime, Miss uh, Grace Atala, who's not on the show today, but I understand it was the three of you that created it. So I want to give give Grace some props right on before we forget. But I'll turn it over to you guys. Tell us a little bit about Joy to Job, what you created, the problem you were solving, and we'll uh, have a good old chat from there. Yeah, so it kind of started, we did a... Uh, competition called Technovation, which is kind of a entrepreneurship competition through tech. Um, and we kind of came up with the idea because we felt as high school students that we, as well as all of our friends and peers, felt like we were pretty insecure about what we wanted to do. And we also didn't really know what kind of jobs were out there. We kind of always heard like the big main jobs that you always hear, engineering, doctor, lawyer, that sort of thing. Uh, but we didn't really know of the more sort of niche jobs and things that might, you know, appeal to you. Cause I don't think every single person can fit under that small category that you're told about. <laughs> That's fair. And so we kind of, that was the problem that we were trying to solve. So that was kind of what we set out to do at first. And curious, just from that, just the, the, you know, understanding the complexity of the problem, did you go out and talk to your fellow students of like kind of what's the thing that you're finding the most challenging? Or was that also just something that you guys yourselves were like, hey, like, I want to know more about this. Just curious where the input, where the entrepreneurial, I, I kind of treat this as a bit of an entrepreneurial adventure. You guys created something from nothing. Where the spark came from? Was it, you know, a challenge you were having yourselves or was it just something you were hearing all the time with your peer group? It's definitely something I think we were all experiencing. Um, so that was really, I think, what got us going. And especially like in grade 11, which is when we came up with it, is kind of, I think, the time where you're really like, okay, I got to start thinking about universities. Like you basically, like you get into grade 12 and it's like, okay, start applying for programs. So I think it was definitely something we were experiencing ourselves. And then actually as a part of the competition, we um, – like went out and interviewed our peers and found like kind of the data to back it up that like this was something oh, nice. that okay. students really needed. Yeah. So you guys did your data. How big was your, how big was your sample size? What was it? What, was it statistically valid? Did you get into that or did you just believe it's your gut that this was the right thing to do? Mm. No, we got into, I forget how many students did we, I think it was, it was like minimum 70. And I think we probably did more than that. It's, it's been a while. 
<laughs> no, I appreciate that. It's always good because, because hey, it's a, it's it's a startup. You know, you're you know whether you're you're doing something commercially or you know in terms of you know coming up with technology to solve a problem, you still have to go through the same kind of process. Whether you're doing it as quote unquote a, a, you know a school opportunity or a challenge, you still identify it, you validate it. You know, because oftentimes we think we're right or we know what the problem is, but uh, sometimes when you ask around, did you guys get from what your original hypothesis was around? You know, this is a problem. Did anything new or interesting come out in terms of like? <clears throat> did you have to choose to solve this problem? Like, well, I guess I'm just curious or what some of the other challenges are, are emerging for a group of grade 12 students that are at that really key transition into like, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which is a pretty big question. I think no matter where you are these days in, in your life. I think, yeah, something that we did notice, I think it kind of fit with what we already thought kind of just from our experiences interacting with like just other high school students. But we definitely found, I think one that like students were finding that like, university pamphlets and little kind of just searching up on the internet like wasn't really really giving them a a good like full picture and then also we noticed kind of the students who were like struggling the most with finding um their career paths were the ones who were interested in in kind of like like what Bridget said like more niche things like they were like oh like maybe I like arts or business but I don't really know so like definitely not the kind of like main like oh like teacher or whatever or doctor so, yeah, that's kind of what we found. And I'd say that it kind of made sense, like, from just, like, talking to our peers before. So I'm curious. I, I guess I'm slightly surprised, and maybe just because I live in a world that I know so many people that do so many different things, and that's an advantage to know that. But to hear you talk about being grade 11 and early in grade 12 of, like, yeah, doctor, lawyer, engineer, like, the standard jobs that have been around for a long time and not diminishing any of those jobs. But I just find it interesting that, your guys aren't being given a bigger perspective because, man, it is a, there is so much variety out there. It's actually kind of mind-blowing when you really start to look at what you, quote-unquote, could choose. But so the school system, and again, I'm not, criti- not being critical, just find it interesting that your perspective was felt like it was kind of limited. I think the focus, especially when you go to a very academic school, and okay. I think the focus is a lot, at least from what I think we feel as students, maybe that's not what they're trying to put across but I think the focus is a lot like mm-hmm. getting into university you know but I don't think okay. at least I haven't really seen any sort of resources to um, kind of help you guide what you actually want to do once you get there because I think the focus <laughs> is getting there it's like yeah. okay but once I get there what do I want to do there because I'm spending money on it I worked really hard to get here and I don't really want to just spit my wheels for four years no, well, you mentioned the comment about that you were a bit surprised that when you when you launched this, and just to be clear how this works, you guys hold like kind of workshops or sessions where you bring in professionals from certain groups, uh, different careers that allow students to actually have conversations with them and ask and find out like, what do you really do on a Tuesday at 10 in the morning in XYZ, XYZ job? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. We bring, we kind of connect with community professionals and each month we have a new sort of field of uh, expertise and we try to get four to five panelists who all are in that field but do very different things because we want to show mm, all the okay. different perspectives and kind of the goal I think the goal also shifted as we started to do it because we kind of realized the most important part of what we what we do but um, the goal is kind of just to hear their experiences and kind of the non-linear path that they've had, because I think that's the more motivating thing and that's the more encouraging thing rather than, you know, I knew I was going to be a doctor when I was two years old and I've been a doctor for 40 years. It's like, oh, great. And I can't relate to that because I have no idea what I want to do. 
So, yeah. Go ahead, Katie. And, oh, I just was going to also add to that something else that we've recently added. So we, like, moderate kind of questions um, that are kind of predetermined to the panelists, but then students also, like, throughout the webinar have an opportunity to um, kind of interact and, like, chat with uh, through a Q&A feature, kind of, like, actually have, like, a direct interaction um, with the panel. So, yeah, that's just something kind of we've added. But, yeah, it's really built around, like Bridget said, kind of um, getting the, like, honest conversations about, like, people's careers that are not super linear. And have you found that most people you talk to that, like, maybe, and uh, and it's funny, I joke about this with a lot of my, because most of my guests that have ended up doing something, n- almost none of them were like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do when I was in grade 12, and this is what I just chose. And very few people, like, every once in a while, I guess someone's like, no, this is what I chose to do, and I've been doing it forever. Most people stumbled into it. Have you found that a lot of the people you've had on the panel, it wasn't, it wasn't that direct path? It wasn't this, like, I knew I wanted to be a doctor when I was two? That's such a good example. <laughs> the story. Yeah, for sure. I think even I think it was good for us because uh, Jen Jennifer Lucier, who's kind of our we call her our guru. She um, she was our mentor for technovation and still kind of mentoring us. Even she was a good example right from the get go because she had so many different. She did so many startups. Some of them worked, some didn't. You know, she did so many different. I forget what what degree did she get, Katie? Oh, oh. she had like a psychology degree and an architecture degree, and now she works in yeah. business. <laughs> Like very, it's kind of unrelated. Yeah, it's kind. It was kind of a good example to start off with that our mentor didn't have a linear path. So I think it's cool when we talk to other people who didn't. I think in you know, I think with more of the science um, faculties, they they had more of a linear path. But even then, I think the non-linear part was usually when they were in university and they were figuring stuff out, Uh, like on our. Last webinar, which is computer science and technology, one of the panelists went in thinking he was going to be a dentist because he was good at biology. And then he got to university biology and hated it. And then he did a bunch of other things. And he just took computer science as like a one single course and decided that that's what he wanted to do. So I think that's the stuff that is uh, good to hear from professionals. Well, I can imagine it's inspiring and almost gives permission to not have to have the answer too soon. And I think there's a lot of pressure of like, well, what is it going to be? And you're like, I don't know. I haven't experienced all the things yet. It's kind of an unfair question, it seems like. For sure. It's like asking, it's like you're, they're asking you to write away your life for the next 50 years. How are you supposed to know? Which is scary because if you do choose the wrong thing, that's a really good way to, 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 to put it. I am curious. Mm-hmm. I just noticed. I'm just looking. I'm I'm online doing my creeping here. And business and entrepreneurship. Curious from your your age group or your peers, your friends. How is entrepreneurship looked at? Like kind of today. I know what it was looked at when I was younger, which was a few years ago. And if you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur, it was almost like you got sent to special classes because you were going to be a problem because you didn't fit into the mold. But it's become so much more popular. So as you know, as where you guys are as students looking out at the being an entrepreneur, maybe in the future, is that equally kind of weighted in terms of a career option now? Maybe more than it was a bunch of years back. I think definitely. I mean, I think a lot of people it's kind of like you should get a degree and like kind of have something to have as like Mm -hmm. just kind of for safety, I guess. But yeah, I think the, yeah, the entrepreneurship webinar is business and entrepreneurship. So like, I think half the panelists had degrees in business and then half them didn't. Um, But yeah, I think that one was, I think the most like non-linear careers that we came across for sure. Like, I think, yeah, it's just, um, I think the cool thing about that one though is like, 
because business is like so broad, everybody was just like really passionate about like we had a guy who like sold, um, I think like ways that you could convert your like van into a camper van and like go camping and stuff. And like he was just so passionate about it. And so I think that was a really, really cool thing about that webinar for sure. Seeing people that actually like really chose something that they love to do. And as an entrepreneur, you love to do that for a while and then maybe you go do something else. But being able to live that, that passion, which I think is so much more important now. And we talk, we talk about it more passion, purpose. What, what do I really like? What's going to get me out of bed in the morning? Not because I have to punch the clock, but because I actually want to do it. And you know, not, not like you just said, don't don't write away your life by making the wrong choice. Which it's just the careers, and you know, and I hear things like, oh, you know what? If you're if you're 18 and you're looking at the world, your career might change 10 times or 15 times on your path. And being resilient and being adaptable, those are the real skills. Like in the conversations that you're having in school, do you, is that what gets talked? Because I hear people talking about talking about that with students, but I don't know if it's actually happening. <laughs> Um, I've never heard that personally. Um, I think you both, you both went silent, so I'm in a sense that that's, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't listening, but I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> Shit, it's a podcast. You can be totally honest. That's, fine. that's what we're here to do. No, I think I, but I do listen in class. So I doubt that was it. Um, I just think, I think there's a lot of emphasis on kind of supporting students academically and making sure that they don't feel stressed currently. But I don't think um, in terms of I think I remember we had when this was allowed, we had uh, there's always one university fair a year and you get the token pamphlet from each university and the like token description of what the program is. Choose and your life in six words or less. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think I think the idea is that it helps you figure out what you want to do and where you want to go. But I don't know. I personally never felt more secure or more sure about what I wanted to do based on those. Okay. So I think, um, yeah, I haven't personally felt um, like I've gotten a lot of information about kind of or at least guidance in terms of okay. actually what I want to do once I get there. Well, it, it's it's an overwhelming thought thinking about how much information you need to make a decision that's arguably that big that also might change because you're right. You don't know what's going to encounter. And you guys had mentioned, I think, when we first chatted, that you were surprised at how many university students showed up to attend some of your some of your workshops. And they, they had made the choice or they were there. Like you said, they arrived but still didn't know kind of what the, what the path was. So this isn't reserved for being in high school. This is anybody who's in that kind of phase of life trying to, trying to quote-unquote figure it out. For sure. Mm-hmm. And think, for you, sorry. go ahead. I was just no, going no, go to say, um, I think also what's nice is that I think it's also great. Like it's great to help university students as well, because for sure, I think there's a lot of people who get there and still don't know what they want to do. But I think our, the idea of helping students as early on as possible, like even if we got students from junior high or, you know, I think it's the idea of just maybe getting students to be more curious and trying to at least get it in their head as early as possible that you don't necessarily need to have it all figured out and that you can change things and that's okay. I think being able to kind of communicate that message as early on as possible would kind of be an amazing goal, mm-hmm. I think, because I would have loved to hear that at least a couple well, years the ago. More pres- the more guys. pressure you add doesn't always lead to better decisions, man. You know, it's usually the opposite. Yeah, but saying, exactly. hey, it's okay, and you know what? Be curious. And like you said, I love what you said about be curious, 
Because when you have permission to be curious and permission to change your mind, a lot of different things show up. Then, like, you mm-hmm. must decide by this date or you're somehow going to fail at life. <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> people you admire school, tell you that. It was an that. interesting journey. Yeah, like, when people yeah, you no, admire, that, that's that, the that thing at the panel, which is cool. Like, if you admire this person and they're saying, oh, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing at your age and I took seven different courses mm-hmm. in university and still didn't know after that, like, I think that's reassuring. No kidding. Well, it gives, it, it creates permission, which is such an amazing thing to go, oh, oh, it's okay. It's okay to not have my whole life figured out when I'm 17 years old. <laughs> uh, for getting panelists, I, I, I can only imagine this is easy, that people want to support you. Has that been a challenge at all? Or is it people like, absolutely, yes, where can I, where do I sign up? I mean, yeah, I think I was kind of surprised, but like delighted by how like excited I guess people are to talk about themselves, which now that I think about it, you know, I feel like very good insight, Katie. (laughs) It's it's true. Like, I don't know. Here we are on this podcast talking about ourselves. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's really cool. Um, I think that we've been able to connect with so many panelists who are just like really passionate about what they do. And yeah, I think like sometimes we mostly have just been like finding panels like through our own networks. Like, I don't know, like someone's, my parents, friends, daughters, cousin or whatever, like, which is kind of how the world works, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of been like that, but yeah, I think we've, we like, we just kind of find random people, like friends of friends. And we've just like found so many people that like are just so like, just excited to share what they've done with students and are really passionate about what they've done. So, yeah, I think that's been a really cool experience that's kind of um, come along with planning the webinars. Calgary is, and I've had guests correct me that they're like, you know what, anywhere you go is kind of like that. But I do find Calgary is an amazing city for people willing to help. Like if you ask someone, it is rare that they will say, no, I'm not going to help you. It's just, I just don't find that that's how it is. And as students and what kind of what you guys are creating, I can only imagine that people are just absolutely willing, willing to contribute. And we all think back and go, oh yeah, I wish somebody would have sat down and gave me like spent some time and told me some stuff way back then when I was being, you know, kind of put in a position to make decisions without enough information. Uh, curious, where does it go? Where does it go from here? Like, this is pretty exciting. You guys have had, you know, clearly you've had some success. You're having positive impact on your own lives and the people around you. Where does this go? And like, what's what's the what's the plans for the future? Um, so I think we're planning on doing them into next year. Um, like, we're all going to university next year, but we're planning to continue doing the webinars. And we've actually added. Uh, we started up just doing like planning the webinars the three of us. But we've actually added three more team members. So we've kind of been growing. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And we've um, the students that have joined our team, they're all in high school still and will be in high school next year. So it's kind of we have like we will be able to kind of focus on university students and kind of bigger picture stuff. And then they'll be able to kind of be like high school liaisons almost um, because we really do like still want to be able to connect with high school students. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we want to kind of do like a similar thing. I think what we've found, we've, uh, what we've been doing has really been working. I think we've kind of found like a sweet spot for being able to like share, kind of connect panelists with the students. So yeah, I think we're thinking of doing a really similar webinar structure into next year. Interesting. I like I like the legacy you guys are leaving behind at your high school with this model that you've created and now bringing in, allowing other individuals an opportunity to, to learn and expand. So I'm curious, and we don't have to get into the details, but how does the business model work? Because hosting costs money, there's fees, things, you know, to put things together. I'm assuming you guys are doing most of this, like, heavy investment of time. But has you got sponsorships? Like, how, do, how does stuff cost money? Let's be honest. Technology's not free. <laughs> 
We're working on the sponsorship. <laughs> nice. Okay, nice. This is this is an opportunity for a plug. If anybody wants to get involved, you know, platinum sponsorship available. But yeah, I'm, I was I was curious if that was because to keep it growing, to keep it going, but certainly to keep it to grow, I'm assuming funding will start to become part of the conversation more and more so all the time. Yeah, um, it definitely is something that we're like thinking about a lot because right now it's just been funded through like family donations, which is not sustainable and like not really an option <laughs> for next year, um, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, so that's I, something I think Grace has been really focusing on. So she could probably speak to that more. But yeah, we are looking for, um, like just kind of a sponsor or some, someone to like, support us and like work with us um but yeah support us financially so that is definitely something kind of the main thing that we're working on right now so curious when when you guys set out to do this was there was the back of your mind like wow we're going to get some real experience with like running our own startup finding partners finding funding getting people to show up to our events like i i'm just curious was you know part of all that learning part of the plan or is it just been happening through the success and kind of we're on the journey so now we're learning like so many of us who are entrepreneurial next thing you know you're just in it and doing it <laughs> yeah i think it was much more on the job because um, I think we like we had done the Technovation app and we really liked the idea. And when we did our pitch, we got some good feedback. But we were just trying to we were kind of in limbo for a bit, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Because we had planned our whole business model around the idea of an app. That's part of, that was part of the um, competition. But we just kind of realized that that route, at least as of right now, wasn't going to work. And so we just sort of thought, you know. I think COVID was interesting. It probably, I think that's probably why this whole thing even started. Cause I don't think any of us had even thought of doing an online webinar. I didn't even really know what that was. So I think that was kind of like, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Cause I think that's kind of what we were like. Oh, well, why don't we just do that? I've been to a few of those now. We could easily run that. We could probably find some people who'd be willing to do it. Hopefully some students would come and then it just kind of from there. We realized, oh, this is actually kind of a good idea, and maybe we could keep going with it. Oh, so. interesting. So, again, I, I, I know COVID has caused a lot of challenges, but I'd love to find the silver linings. So from your perspective, it was actually COVID that got you exposed to webinars and made and gave you the idea of like, oh, wow, like this is possible. We could do it over here, and then we don't have the uh, – again, curious, are you guys both technology savvy, or is this something you like – you know, you think about building an app sometimes. No, <laughs> Bridget is shaking her head no. Katie is. Again, there's, a, there's lots of technical people I know. There's lots of business people that I know have technical ideas, but they're scared to start because they don't feel they know the technology enough. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. And, like, I don't know, technology also is, like, evolving really, really fast. So I think, yeah, that is something else that's pretty – I would say, I don't know, I'm, like, probably not, like, the most tech-savvy person when it comes to, like, everyday things. But I did actually, through Technovation, kind of get into, like, coding and computer science. Um, So – that's something I'm interested in pursuing in university. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of become, like, just incorporated in everything that we do now, especially especially with COVID. So, yeah. Especially how we interact and communicate as we all have computers and phones and apps. And, yeah, it's an endless amount of communication, which I think in some ways is, has allowed us to stay connected, which I'm, I'm thankful for. And I had someone on this morning talking about digital wellness, and she talked about – 
the young, younger individuals specifically in their relationship with technology being much more about connection versus comparison for sometimes the older generations use it like social media and like, oh, my life isn't this or my life isn't that. And she talked about it. I thought it was an interesting perspective to think about actually younger younger generation, it was a lot more about they were so comfortable staying connected with their friends and family on social media and using technology that it was actually a real benefit during during COVID. It, just, it was just an interesting perspective, the comparison versus connection, which, you know, sometimes technology can, can create one or the other. Um, so curious, there's oftentimes talk, specifically in Calgary, that there's a low sense of optimism for youth coming into the job market, looking to what's the future? Can I stay here? Do I need to go somewhere else? And maybe it's a big, it's a big question. So curious to your guys' perspective. You're both in Calgary now. You go to school here. When you think of your futures and, you know, maybe where you're going to university or where your careers might take you, where do you see being in Calgary or not as part of the mix? Or has that even been part of the consideration yet? Um. Yeah, I think – that's something that I think we've kind of become exposed to through um, doing joy to job and kind of becoming more connected in the community in Calgary is um, I know Grace was actually speaking on a panel with um, the minister of jobs and innovation about like this problem. Oh, was, interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This problem that youth are leaving Alberta. So I think that is, has definitely been like, I, I can definitely sense in our school. Well, I don't know. Bridget and I are both going to Vancouver for to UBC next year, so we're obviously leaving. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think I yeah. I don't know about how Bridget feels, but I think for me, like I love living in Calgary. I think it's a really great city. So I definitely I think just for opportunities like um, university in Vancouver just has more opportunities. But I think. I do like I think it's a really great city and I think we've really been able to kind of become more involved in the like kind of meeting people who are a part of the kind of vibrantness of the city. So I yeah, I don't know about Bridget. That's cool. Thanks I think for that, that was cool perspective. I think that was also part of a goal with uh getting the um like the younger uh students involved with Joy to Job, not younger like but the uh grade elevens and tens. Um, mm-hmm. bringing them onto our team because I think that was the goal is like when we go off to university and we're in these different places and like we're going to be a little bit out of touch you know I don't know it just seemed a little bit odd to be university students running a webinar for high school students we just kind of wanted to make sure that we were still that they felt like they were kind of talking to their peers in a way and so mm-hmm. I think well, that was part of re- the goal being relevant is, being relevant mm-hmm. is, is, is critical and going mm-hmm. off to school and having an adventure and like learning and being experienced and living living outside of the you know environment where you grew up like there's that is part of the learning too right I would say that is that is part of the journey but yeah I was just curious of the perspective of like oh yeah you know it doesn't feel like there's opportunity here versus like yeah we're going away to school but hey Calgary's a good city and maybe we end up back you know it, you guys are uh, you know striking off on the adventure where where it'll end up who knows but I was just curious kind of your overall perspective and that's interesting that that one of your team Grace was contributing to a panel discussion because it is it gets headlines and sometimes you're like is that really going on or is it just part of people going away to experience new things and maybe I know a lot of Calgarians that have also moved back you know to Calgary through covid so I think there's always equal stories on both sides but the media loves to tell the that sometimes the negative stories <laughs> Any advice? Uh, now, here's the big question. You guys, you know, you've had a lot of these, been attending these, you know, you've chosen where, where you want to go to university. If, you know, if you were giving advice to yourself back in grade 11, grade 10, before you built this app, what would be, uh, what would be some of the things you guys have learned so far that you'd want to share? 
Um, Silence. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a big question. I think, um, I don't know. I think I have, like, I think throughout the process have had, like, lots of doubts. And it's, like, it's a lot of work. We, I don't know, some weeks I, like, we've been counting. And some weeks I invest, like, 20 hours of my week into, like, joy-to-job-related things. So it is, um, I think, like, it's a big thing. And I think I definitely had a lot of doubts about, like, all like this is a lot of work and I'm like trying to also focus on school. Um, but I think, I don't know. I would just say to myself, like, I think like putting in the work is worth it. And like, I don't know. I think it's easy to just be like, okay, just like going to do school. Like that's my one focus. Um, and like, obviously if you only did school, you probably have great marks, but I think there's a lot of like real world experience that we've been able to gain through doing this. And I think, yeah, I think I would just tell myself like, don't like keep with it. And I think, um, yeah, just like sticking with it has been a really rewarding thing. So, yeah. Solid advice. Katie, Bridget, she laid it out for you. Like that. She's, that's a tough act to follow. That was good advice. (laughs) I think in terms of what, apart from actually just running joy to job, I think in terms of what I've learned as kind of a bystander, like as, as someone who's also attending a webinar and a student who's also trying to learn stuff from this, I think I'd tell myself to just kind of, when I like something, if I do something and I like it, to just kind of write that down and to just start focus on the things that, the tasks that I'm doing that I actually enjoy. And instead of getting tunnel visioned on what I want to do and figuring out like exactly the job that I need to get, just start writing down things that I like. And then when I get to university, when I get opportunities, I'll just try and find those things based on, you know, the things that are important to me rather than trying to focus on finding a specific career, just because we've talked to so many people who never who their plan initially was not what they ended up doing at all. And they kind of, that's, that's kind of something that they're proud of in a way. And that's what, that's why they like what they do. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think I'd try to tell myself to focus more on what I actually like and what I'm passionate about rather than getting tunnel vision about what I should do or what my plan should be. Yes, the shoulds. I, 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 no one can see, but you did air quotes, which I do love. A good, just be careful. Don't shoot all over yourself, as they say. Um, but it's really interesting advice versus it looking at you know five lines of text or five words on a brochure versus understanding it is what you actually like to do and then find out cr- which career gets to do more of that mm-hmm. versus going, I want to be this. And oftentimes, I, and I've met people like, oh, I thought this was this what this job was going to be like. Then I started doing it, and it was none of the things that I thought it was going to be. But you know, the, the facade is one thing versus the actual – I always joke, like it's Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. What are you actually doing? Because that's mm-hmm. when real life kind of kicks in, and it's not the shiny title or the – the, uh, or the or what you thought it said in, in the brochure, as you guys joked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good to talk with you both. I really appreciate the perspective, and re- I think really kudos to you both for what you guys, all three of you, for what you guys have done and what you've created. And you know, Katie, I, rec- I, I echo what you said. Like you put in the work. You know, it's all, and it's, sometimes you get to the end and people are like, oh, it's so great, you did this thing. It's like, no, no, yes, thank you, but I put in the work. I stuck <laughs> with it. We did. We did the thing. Nothing happens by accident. Um, How's the best way for people to get you guys? I think you said you did your last webinar for the year. So the next one will be coming next fall. Is there a way that people can join a newsletter or kind of stay informed? What's the best way for people to get connected or to pass this along to their kids if they're listening? My audience tends to be a bit older, but they will know people in their life. It's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this to my nephew Jarvis. I already told him about your platform. He thought it was really cool. So, And he just turned 18, and he's on the journey of what do I do next? Absolutely. So what's the best way for people to stay connected with you guys? 
Um, well, we've got social media. We've got LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we do lots of updates on there, especially regarding um, just webinars. Uh, but on our website, you can sign up to get email notifications, and that's we keep the website very up to date as well. So either awesome. one of those is an easy way to stay connected, I'd say. And your webinar series will be starting up in conjunction with kind of the school year. So hopefully things are back to normal COVID-wise, but so next September is when people can expect to see some new uh, some new webinars coming up and showing up on your – or probably starting promoting them towards the end of the summer. Exactly. Excellent. Well, congratulations to you both for your success and the really cool things that you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your time. It was a pleasure chatting with you both. Thank you. Thanks so much.